Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Sim Life. Yes we are, sir. Sim Life, as we live it. Yes it is. <laughs> this um, could be a simulation. We did hear back though, we got some feedback from our last week's show, yes, Public we Domania. I like, oh no, we, you, now you had a different name for it. It was Public, Public Domination. Domination. That's lamer. That's a much lamer name. Well, it's harder to say. It, it is a little harder it's to like say. It's like Turtlenator. Or whatever. Hey, don't bash Turtlenator. Me and Alistair will come after Oh, you. man. Speaking of Alistair, he wrote in. Yes. Alistair, the creator of Hangar 18. I love it. He says, it's a strange mix of nostalgia, embarrassment, and amazement to hear people finding my 25-year-old game to be interesting. Yeah. I made Hangar 18 when I was about 15, hence the spelling mistake in the title. <laughs> which, which I didn't, didn't even catch. notice. <laughs> We're from West Virginia, that's, we can barely spell. That's right. I, it was probably played by a total of five people in the 90s. Uh, and he says, sorry for the install difficulties. Hey, if you were 15 and you made something like that... I know, kidding. You can put as many library folders as you need to to get this thing In the done. old days, it probably wasn't as hard, but we're, we're dumb. He now. does mention the Turtle Minator. Um, Who wouldn't? He says, he says that his other... Uh, it, it had similar issues with the library folder. We'll know when we do that one someday. Yeah, yeah. So thanks for writing in, Alistair. We appreciate it. I was I marked out big time when I read that. Because um, remember how much we were like, we got to meet this guy. And then I, lo and behold, he just appears. And his name is his actual name. Right, I was right. like, oh, this is the Absolutely. Best. In addition, <laughs> um, a frequent Amigos commenter, Necronom, a.k.a. Paul Kissing, <laughs> used to playtest Alistair's games with his brother, Ian, who I, has a cameo appearance in Hangar 18. I couldn't believe it. Unbelievable. I love Unbelievable. it. I love it. And Hangar 18, I actually played a little bit more this week. It's just, it's nutty. I like it. Wacky controls. I liked, I liked all, I mean, again, the first game, not my bag, right? but it was good. Mm -hmm. But the other two, I've played them since now. They're great. It was a great week. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. One of our one of our best episodes. Thank you to oh, yeah. <laughs> the Amigos Game Selection Committee for that. Um, Aaron? What happened this week in the world of Amiga News? Holy smokes, boat. Batting out the hatches. I know it's been out of control out it's, there. It's crazy time. Well, first and foremost, there was a little slight Aaron-related faux pas uh -oh. last week. And I, I skipped right over a, a DK joint, Dreamcatcher. He released something last week. And I don't know how I didn't see it because I looked, but I didn't see it. So he's got something out here now. It's uh, <laughs> the title of the article, Slam Ponk the Flonk. <laughs> it's a... It's a uh, uh, it's a game based on a uh, a bizarre monster-based sports game. Okay. <laughs> Our favorite. And the game is called Grand Monster Slam. This actually looks pretty good, and it's by Rainbow Arts. Oh. So uh, I looked over this thing, and it's funny funny that, he, of course, this is Dreamcatcher. He finds out that this is basically a ripoff of a Japanese penguin sports-related game. Oh, which is Penguin Coon Wars, which is one of my favorite arcade titles of all time. Have you ever played it? Yes. You're kidding me. Yes. So you know about Penguin Clone Wars? Yes. That See, I kid you not, that is one of the greatest arcade games of all time. Well, then you should check out Grand Monster Slam. I will. I will. Uh, I will check it that out. That is crazy. Well, you know, DK, he set you up nicely then. So yeah. if you want to have a good read, uh, go check that out. And my apologies to the Dreamcatcher for, for looking over that last week. So 
a little bit of interesting news this week in the realms of front ends. Mm, hey, my favorite topic. Everybody likes a good front end, right? <laughs> so <laughs> more of a rear end man myself. Well, none of my business, really. Uh, but uh, uh, if you're if you have uh, one of the old SD card or uh, CF cards on your Amiga, you're probably familiar with this uh, dealio called iGame, right? It's sort of a uh, kind of a um, uh, low frills. Yeah, it's, it's got some frills. It's, you front know, end. this reminds me of uh, there is a similar thing, a similar front end for the Atari eight bit systems called Atari Best Games Pack. Yeah, and uh, like you said, it's 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 as low frills as you can get. But if you want something lightweight <laughs> that fits in a window, that's not a full screen experience. Yeah, you know, I always thought that GameX was really scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as looks and, and flash went. This is even lower than that. But hey, if you just want to get into the game and play the game, this is this is your bag, right? Right. Here. Well, and also th this thing has categories and stuff. Anyway, uh, they've released a new version into beta, iGames version two. I used iGame myself when I first got the uh, CF card. Uh, now you know I'm such a uh, a goofball. I just go just I just go into the folders now and usually run stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't even use the front end, but uh, I may give this one a shot since they've updated it. So if you if you're using that stuff, it's, you know check it out. So this is uh so this is something that run I wonder if you um if you could run this through, I guess you could run it through WinUAE if you really wanted to, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah no problems there. And of course, that one that one uh, came from our good buddies, a good buddy, over at uh, um, Indie Retro News. Right. Of course, who are they? Are the number one news source. I'm going to come back to this other Dreamcatch article here in a second. I want to talk about uh, the uh, I, the A fifteen A fifteen hundred Amiga case Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Uh, we are they're in home stretch. Well, why don't you click on that and see how they're doing there? Uh, they are they're they're not super close as we, as we record this. They I mean they're not far off, mm -hmm. but uh, they've got four days to go, and they they're about twenty five G's. Uh, right. Down so they 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 are looking to raise just over a hundred thousand dollars, and they are almost at seventy five thousand. You know, it's which just the fact that they raised seventy five large is not is a good sign. I mean, that mm -hmm. means there's a lot of interest uh, in it. Uh, I would like to see them get over the top on this. So yeah. if you're if you're waiting until the uh, you're waiting to the eleventh hour, as Mean Gene used to say, I'll make that all important call and and go ahead and, and get signed up for this. I you mean, know, this is really the first Amiga related Kickstarter that I've been in, into. You know, I, I really, really, really like the way this thing looks. Uh -huh. I think it looks it looks modern yet retro. It's got all your slots right in front. It's got all the ports in the back, and it really takes you know. To me, this is the definition of something, you know, taking something retro and, and modernizing it. And it's not going to break the bank either. It's 160 pounds, um, you know. Plus it, extras will get you a little bit more, you know, you'll yeah. be in more. But I mean, the, the new Amiga case, the new Amiga cases, seems like they were about that much, weren't they? I can't recall, uh, but they weren't cheap. Uh, I, I did, if I had the money, I'd probably take our beat down uh, a 500 and stick it in one of these things. Mm -hmm. For no good reason, just to say I did. Uh, but... Uh, uh, I may have to wait a little while. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, birthday party super debt has beat me down this week, <laughs> so I won't be per per permitted to get into that. And we'll come back to that. Now, uh, this started shipping out. We started hearing about this last week, but I wanted to link it up on here. Uh, and we we didn't mention it last week. And this is out of uh, Amiga Kit. 
the Amiga store. Uh, you can go and order the David Pleasance book. It's linked up there for your convenience. Mm-hmm. And we spoke about it last week. Mr. Pleasance, nice nice cat. Guest of the Amigos podcast. Guest. Friend of the Amigos. Go back and listen to that interview and you can laugh at me as I mumble and bumble my way through <laughs> like, a, like a goofball. But he, it was nice of Mr. Pleasance to come on and I hope his book does well. Yeah, and several of our, uh, several of our uh, Discord Folks have received their copies, so they are in fact shipping, and I look forward for those reviews to uh, to start uh, trickling. We've even seen some aut- he autographs uh, mm-hmm. like some of the insides covers, which is that's pretty cool, you know. So, our good buddy, there's only one, the Huck, the Huckster, Gary Hucker. He's got an article out this week, and this really uh, it's more of a movie, really. Well, I mean, he's, yeah, he, but this is something that touches me. Uh, deep Deeply. in my soul because it's it's a it's a video on the Huck hooking a scuzzy multi CD unit up to his Amiga. Now, uh, um, back in the day before anyone had hard drives, BBSs a lot of BBS was early BBSs not super early but when they could they would run off CDs right and it, I knew of several BBSs that actually ran off these CD changers. And the funny thing is, there's a fellow that comments on this video, because I made that comment on the video, who ran a huge BBS. I can't remember how many modems he said he had to run off of it, but he said he had one of these things, and they would lock up, and they were slow, and they were. Uh, but these were crazy, because you'd take... The one I had, you would take... I think it was a 5, and you took a cartridge out, and you put all the CDs in it, and you stuck it in, and it would come up on the in, on Windows. It would say, like, E-F-G-H drive, you know, mm-hmm. 5 drives. And when you clicked on... H, you'd hear the thing go, and it would be swapping those discs mm-hmm. internally, you mm-hmm. know, and then that drive would come up. But it made your Windows mega slow as it tried to pull all those drives oh, over yeah. and over and over, and you had to, like, it was a real pain. I sure am glad we've finally gotten beyond the letter name drives in the Windows community, you wow. know. It's, oh, oh, yeah, man. yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, listen, it's a tradition, man. You gotta have it. But Gary here, of course, this man knows no fear. He just goes for it. He's already he he's got dry he's got uh, links to drivers for this thing. He he, he hooks it all up. Uh, he does all you know. Gary always does a great job demonstrating this, and this video is getting a lot of action. People are checking it out. So, if you ever wanted to hook up a multi CD ROM to your Amiga, or ever wondered if it was possible, or ever wondered if you should bother, this is the video for you. And what is what is this thing right here? I think that's an external SCSI controller, but don't hold me to that. Mm. I'm not sure. And the thing above it's one of the uh, I Omega oh, yeah. uh, zip drives. I remember those well from my college so, years. Pretty. I thought that was pretty interesting. Now this. I'd say this is not Amiga related, but but I I wanted to mention it because I was really uh, happy with it. And Boat, I think you could talk on this a bit too. Uh, uh, One of our good buddies has, I guess he helped work on this. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. He was the the programmer. Yes. And this is this is a game that I guess it just came out on Steam, isn't it? But you want to talk about this? Yeah. So this is this is. Creepy Dead Boy, aka Michael Ryan, who is with us in the chat as we speak. Um, he is. Uh, he has. He is. I, he was probably the leader of the team, even if he wasn't. In my mind, he was the leader of the team, and he created this game mostly by him, himself. You're gonna get him killed by the um, team. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but this game is called Luna and the Moonling, and if you like uh, Adventures of Lolo or sort of um, you know single you know single screen, even though this is more than just a single screen, it's sort of a enclosed space puzzle you know type game this game is this game looks great now I will I must confess
confess, I have not had a chance to uh, play it yet. I plan on playing it uh, uh-huh. in this coming week and, uh, and, and maybe doing a little stream of it, but it just looks fantastic. I really like the art style. It's got sort of like a like a World of Warcraft kind of you know um, more on the cutesy side of yeah. uh, of, of fantasy. Uh, I'm really looking forward to playing this. Well, thing. guess what, Mr. Boat? I have played it. Me Do tell. The, yeah. Do tell. Uh, the dead the dead boy shot me a message like check. He's like, well, check this out. I was like, heck yeah. And the kid and me were in there playing games. I was like, when we we let's try this game out, kid. Now, as you know. Uh, Upon first glance, I was like, "Oh boy, what is this?" And, and because I, you know, this QT, is not really your bag. QT, I, like I never played Adventures of Lolo or any of that stuff. So, uh, me and but the kid was in there, and he, you know, he was like, "Oh, look at this!" I was like, "Let's give this a shot." And we played. I think we are now on level. I'm trying to think how far he got. Ten of it, and, and it's great. It really is a lot of fun, and the kid loves it. And I'm not just hyping this because Creepy Dead Boy is one of our buddies. Uh, this game is it runs great. It's actually got really low system requirements too, and uh, it's a puzzler, and it's a it's a high quality puzzler. It's great for the my kid was really. It's it starts out pretty simple, and it turns into sort of a head scratcher. And uh, the kid is just he he can handle about one level a night now, and be, until he bullies his way through it, <laughs> you know. But he we we really had a good time with it. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. So I, I appreciate uh, the dead boy letting us have a look at it. Yeah. I definitely wanted to mention it on here because it was fun. And if you're if you're a guy on Steam, if you've got a PC or a Mac, uh, give this a whirl. I, I would not be surprised that someday this gets a uh, phone release because you could. I think you could do this right on the phone too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty. Uh, but uh, what makes the game go is the fact that it's very clever. Cool. Very clever cool. game. So yeah, yeah that, that is was awesome. that is now available on Steam. Luna yeah. and the Moonling. Um, so, and we, again, we mentioned this last week, but I wanted to put a link up to anyone that wanted to go pick one of these up, the CD32 magazine. I've linked it up here in the, uh, uh, Google Plus. Uh, I think, we'll see what the price is on this thing, Bo. Go to the store there and see what this thing's selling for. Uh, you can, uh, uh, the first issue is the only issue out of Believe, and it is, uh, what is that? Two ninety nine. That's a PDF there. And then you can see what the actual magazine mag- and the demo CD together four ninety nine five pounds five not, pounds not a bad price now uh, shipping I'm sure will get you somewhere and I don't know what the trend is, but I mean heck that's a that's a heck of a bargain if you ask me mm-hmm. we have, we got probably to get one of these but, yeah I think so um, and and the demo disc seals the deal so support these guys everybody hey it, it, CD magazine CD scene good God who'd have thunk it right that right. you're gonna get a magazine so I stuck that up there which I thought was neat. Now, this is, this is a video I found. You know, I was trolling around, as I like to do. And I found this guy called Unboxing the Universe. He's, <laughs> he's, got, a small, he's got a small channel. And he, this week, he did a, a little uh, thing on installing a, a PC board, like a bridge board in, a, in an Amiga 2000. Uh, and now, what, for the uninitiated, a.k.a. myself, what is a bridge board? This is going to let him... See that little board for you watching at home. That little board he's sticking a sixty-eight thousand in. That is a they piggybacking him with this on in the sixty-eight thousand slot. And what it basically lets you do is you. It, it's got a uh, like a, it's got a PC. It's a PC on a little board. So it's basically like you're installing a small PC in your Amiga, and then you can do PC crap to it. I mean, it's like a, like DOS. You're oh, in, okay. You know, uh, in the old days. Uh, you could do this, and I, and I believe he even see that uh, he's got a connector. I think I think he even hooks a five and a quarter inch floppy up to this thing. Uh, so, and who wouldn't want to do that? That'd be awesome. Uh, so, 
he also goes into uh, doing some of the hard drive installations on uh, using U Win UAE, which I like a lot of people do. That's what I do. So I just I looked this. I really like the quality of it, and he sounds like a real good guy. So I thought uh, I thought it might be something that our, our listeners might might enjoy. So uh, if you get a chance, to check him out. Um, you know, it's funny. These articles keep popping up, and this is another one. Uh, we buzzed these guys a couple months ago, I think. Hot Hardware. Uh, they've got an article up here. And I, it's one of these things where I'd swear, it's like, gosh, is this a new article? But it is. Uh, revitaliz revitalization of Commodore Amiga continues with exciting new retro hardware. Uh, and you can flip down through here. It's Again, it's another one of these things that people are, like, stunned. Like, wait a minute, what's going on? Why, are you got, why is this thing still around? It's because it's awesome. That's why. Now, he goes into some of the new hardware, the vampires and the motherboards and whatnot. So, it's kind of neat. Uh, Boat, do you know what's coming up in just a few weeks? Amy West. Mm. You know about Amy West. Yeah. Now, some hey, people, we're in America. It's no problem for us sure. to go there. Same some country. people have, have mentioned in the past, why aren't you guys coming <laughs> to Amy West? Hey, fly me out there, suckers. Mm -hmm. It's in the other side of the country. It's like 18 billion miles away in California. Mm -hmm. uh, if As I mentioned here when I posted, if they ever have a Amy... Sort of east. Yeah. They can hold it right We'd here. We'd settle for Hurricane. an Amy Midwest. Hurricane really. West Virginia. That's right. We will be more than happy to Open attend. Open for business. Yeah, man. And we'll even bring some Amigas for it. Anyway, if you're into Amy West, uh, it is uh, October 11th through the 14th in Sacramento, California. Sacramento, Sac yeah. You can go see the Kings while you're out there. Nah, you know, Sacramento Kings. I do know them. Yeah. Not I'm personally. Oh, I mean, there you go. Now, this one here, Boat, as we move on. And if anyone goes to Amy West... Send us some video. Send us some pictures. We'll uh, we'll expose you to the entire community, <laughs> one way or the other. But I would like to know what goes on. Really there. selling it there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't think that's going to get me over? <laughs> so this one came from of all places, NintendoLife.com. But I had to pick it out. Team Seventeen launches its hundredth game. I've just got to read this quote. So the byline is: "My monitor did go zipping across the office in a moment of rage." <laughs> yes, that is the tag to get you to read. Uh, so, and this is an article just talking about how their 100th release is going to be on the Switch, I believe. Wow, And it just goes back to, it's an interview uh, with uh, a couple of the guys, and they go back through some of their old titles, and they talk about some of the stuff they've released on Nintendo systems. Amazing. 100 releases. That's a pretty impressive number. Not a whole lot of companies left from back in the, 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 the glory years of the Amiga. It pleases me, Boat. Now, this is an article, again, this is sort of quasi-Amiga related, but I had to get this in because I'm a mark for this stuff. Defender of the Crown. We both are. We, we've talked about this game until we're blue in the face, haven't we? Mm -hmm. uh, we? You know, we had the deluxe Uber Elite Super Edition that was released a while back. Well, I, give it, leave it to Atari Age. Those guys are they're out of their mind with 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 genius. Mm -hmm. uh, they have licensed Defender of the Crown from Cinemaware and produced a Atari Jaguar version of this. Uh, so. Uh, this will be coming out. I think it's at an undisclosed time. I don't think it's out yet. They've you, got the. They've you got may the, pre-order it. Yeah, they've got. Now listen. <laughs> now hold on a second. Now, as you mock these people, I, I trust Atari Age. If they say they're going to put pre-orders out and they're going to take your money, by God, you're going to get the product. That's they've true. got a rep. That's true. That's, it's, they've got a rep that's spotless. And you this can't looks. Get wrong. This looks pretty darn good. I, I mean, don't know if those are screenshots from the Jag or not. I don't know what. Well, they I, look think, I think so because the, the, the watermark says Jaguar on it. Well, yeah, but I mean, who knows how far along they are? Look at that. Uh, yeah, it looked. I mean, the, the Amiga version looked good. That's what yeah. we know oh, it's yeah. going to look yeah. good. Yeah, and you know, I think that this kind of a game is is very well. Oh, 
suited to the Jag. You know, it's got simple controls. It's not crap. Yeah, well, I mean, in that way, it is not suited to the Jag. But, um. <laughs> um, so if you're into that, uh, and I think it's I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's I guess what's it's selling for. The, the, that, it's, what's the pre-order going for? It says this run of Defender of the Clown is limited to 250 yeah. copies, so it's a limited release, seventy dollars. Uh, but that does include a box and a manual as well. So Gotta I mean, that's that. that's pretty much part and parcel for you know a lot of homebrew releases. And I believe so. you get to choose from two different cartridge types. I yes. believe there's a gray and a clear. That is, for that a is few correct. Extra bucks. Yeah. So again, if you're a Jag fan, I wonder how many Jag owners also have you know, have Amigas and are sitting around listening. There may be a few. And even if you are just sort of on the fence about this, if you're looking for uh, investment advice, of course, you're listening to us because we, we hand that out left and right. But a lot of these homebrew carts from Atari Age shoot up in value and become very difficult to find. Uh, Given your Bitcoin investment... <laughs> but see I would me probably... later about Bitcoin. <laughs> right after he's finished selling you some Amway and some Avon, he's got Bitcoin sitting in the back of the closet. So now... Here's another great one here from, I can't believe this one. This is another Dreamcatcher article. It's called Hazy Game Reviews. This is sort of a quick slant, like, and sort of a knockoff on Lazy Game he Reviews. He says he's channeling his inner Clint. Yeah, and we, I like Clint. I like Clint stuff. So anyway, so what a way to kick this off than with Blob Combat. <laughs> I couldn't believe this when I read it. I was like, Blob Combat? Yes. It's a game. Uh they, they look like they're starring the little guys from Super Frog. Yeah. The uh, the things that you throw or whatever. Well, it, it looks as good as it sounds. <laughs> yes, folks. absolutely. So if you if you uh, if you want to try Blob Combat, <laughs> go for it. Good on you. And, it, and but I would read the hazy game review from Drink Kitchen before you went down that road. Um, we should also mention that, and I, th- I don't think we were mentioning this last time, but I think we had told people we had it ready. Uh, Amigathon Hour 8 is out mm-hmm. has been released uh, and I should have Amigathon the next two hours hopefully out in the next two weeks uh, we've got to do a little quick production on uh, one I've got one in a can already so we'll this, be good to this go. was the infamous Robocop 3 hour where we chased around an unmarked vehicle for most of the time and then realized that we shouldn't be doing that at all it was this, great. <laughs> much like this week's game, this is the result of not having a manual. It's like, well, I think I know what's happening. I don't know what's happening. So if you want to watch us humiliate ourselves repeatedly, I guess that's why you're here. But um, So me and me and the Brent this week, you know what it was. I, as sad as I was to leave the action max, mm-hmm. we had to move on. And so this week, we played selections on the Neo Geo Pocket Color mm-hmm. mode. Uh, and the games we chose this week, Brent chose the very popular Evolution uh, Eternal Dungeons game, uh, which is a uh, uh, Japanese RPG that was on the Dreamcast uh, and has got sort of ported over to this little thing. And apparently this is quite a popular game. Then I picked, of course, because I'm me, Big Bang Pro Wrestling. Oh, yeah. Which was the last SNK cart that, that they made for the uh, Neo Geo Pocket before they tanked. Unfortunately for them, and uh, but it was a lot of fun. Like I mentioned uh, uh, on the show, it reminded me of that 3DO wrestling game when you played to a certain extent, which we both were gaga over. We both liked that one. Uh, I think Boatster that I have exhausted the news. I think that's pretty much it. Have I missed anything you can think of? Not anything that I can think of. All right. So yeah, big news, big uh, week for news. Again, if you're going to throw in on that 1500 case. Uh, you got four days. I would not hesitate. You might as well get in there and get it done. 
you know, 25 G's sounds like a lot of money, but a lot of these things really kick up in the last week. And so hopefully, I actually feel kind of bad that I'm not throwing it on this. I, I, I think it's a good project, uh, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? I'm poor. Yeah. So, yeah. Them some breaks. That's all I got, Booster. All right. Well, Aaron, the time has come to discuss this week's game of the week. Maxis's software's is Sim Life. Sim Life. Sim Life. You uh <laughs> You can tell I'm I'm super excited already. It's I, I can't contain myself. I'll, I'll go ahead and just kind of get the ball rolling okay. here, but then you can just you can leap right in. <laughs> all right. So um Sim Life. Now this is quite a game. Uh released in '93. Uh, it came on four discs. A healthy amount of discs, but uh, of course, this is a one-player game, faux show. Uh, this came out from uh, Maxis, super duper famous. Of course, they did Sim City, Sim City two thousand, uh, two thousand, Sim Earth, Sim Ant, and they did a game called Sky Chase on the Amiga too, which I've, I have to say I've not heard of that one. Uh, this was, uh, you know, this was ported over. I believe this was ported over from, from the PC. I believe I read that this was the first straight AGA port, and I think it was uh, they used the AGA only initially uh, to, uh, and it was easier to port from the PC due to the color issue. Yeah. Uh, now, as far as I know, I checked two different places. I'm I'm pretty sure this had an ECS release at some point. Uh, I played the AGA version, and apparently there are different resolution versions as well. I'm guessing you also played the AGA version. That's the one it. I went for. So that's the one we're going to be looking at here. Um, so <clears throat> Maxis Software, let's talk about them a little bit before we get into the actual game here. So uh, Maxis was a big house, wasn't it, back in the day? Well, they, I mean, it's really the house that Will Wright built. I mean, it it's, was. It's, it's, it's SimCity and all of its brethren. Yeah, so Maxis was founded in 87 uh, by Will Wright and Jeff Brom. Now, Will, Will Wright of uh, uh, SimCity fame, I believe he also, I think, was right on Bungley Bay. Was that him? Yeah, as well? that was I think him. He did that and one. much, much later, of course, Spore. Yeah, and, and, and uh, along the way, he did a ton of stuff, which we'll, I'll talk about here in a moment. So, um, the. Uh, Maxis blew up when they released SimCity. It was a, it was a huge deal, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Will Wright was the genius that came in and did it. Now they released a, a, a ton of Sim games. I printed out a list of these things. I'm just I'm just some of them. Need, not all of these appeared on the Amiga, but I mean there were. So, I mean it was a ridiculous amount because that was their bag. They did simulations. So just to name some of the titles that they did. They did Sim Ant, Sim Farm, Sim Earth, which I did play that one, Sim Life, Sim Tower, Sim Isle, Sim Health. You're, I, you're leaving out some. There's... I'm, that's not all of them. Okay. I just named a few. And there's also, I think they were also responsible uh, uh, for A-Train, uh, which is another one they did. I do remember that one. Now, I know there were tons more. Go ahead and name off the ones that you didn't Sim hear. Copter. <laughs> Who could forget? <laughs> yes, yes, I do remember that one. I was going to say Sim Hospital, but that's wrong. I was thinking of Theme Hospital, yeah. which was a bullfrog. Right, right. Game, so, so. Um, <clears throat> basically, I'm not going to run down everything they ever did here, but long story short, 
after SimCity, the, the the returns declined on their on their continuing Sim games. Doesn't mean they were bad. It just means they weren't as popular as yeah. as SimCity. And so uh, eventually, they got to the point of trying some non-Sim games. They did a game called The Crystal Skull, uh, and these games didn't do that well. Then they acquired a Cinematronics, and they they released Full Tilt Pinball, which is of some acclaim and some note. Mm-hmm. They did a game called Crucible, but neither one of these this didn't help them. The sim games weren't providing any money, so at once, so finally, eventually, they let it be known that they were looking at acquisition offers. Now, a lot of people hate EA because they go and buy these companies, but and this is one of those cases where the EA came in and basically picked uh, picked up Maxis. For the health of Maxis, because Maxis right. was boned. Right. And so, and so in in eighty in nineteen ninety seven, uh, Maxis agreed to be acquired by EA in a stock swap that was valued around one hundred twenty five million dollars. Which boy, what a steal that ended up being in the long run, because they made a lot of money off these guys. So uh, in ninety eight, they did SimCity three thousand, which was uh, Will Wright was doing that one. And then, you know, they did games on and off. The big games that they ended up doing, like Boat said, was was Spore. Well, no. The big, the biggest thing that Will Wright ever did was The Sims. Right. Well, you, I'm, you I'm can't get, just I'm, gloss over that. Well, I'm, I'm getting to that. The Sims, he, was, he worked... This You got to look at this in chronological order here. So he did, Sim, he did Sim City 3000. Then he did The Sims, okay? So... So... The Sims was a pretty popular game. Then there was The Sims 2, and then there was, a, I believe, the last one was released in 2014. And they were, they were popular games. But then Spore was his other big game. Spore, he worked on exclusive for a long time, and when it was released, uh, it didn't have a very good uh, reception, did it, right. Bo? Do you remember when it came well, out? Well, this is a game that's more known... For its disappointment factor than anything that the game, and there were all the, the big reason why I believe, if I recall correctly, was that it had some sort of intrusive um, DMCA DRM type stuff involved with it. Uh, this was one of the first games where they were actually released like a little teaser. Where there was a spore creature creator that was released yeah. first, but this is this is a game. And I, I, you know, I don't hate me if you like this, but it definitely had the same sort of vibe that Star Citizen has now, where it's this game that's hugely hyped. It's supposed to cure all your ills. Now, the only difference is that, you know, people have not already poured their life savings into Spore like they have in Star Citizen. But uh, it was a similar sort of thing. And upon release, it didn't live up to any of the expectations. It was also one of the first games that was re- became really famous for having very low reviews on Amazon. It sort of got review bombed on Amazon back before that became a thing on Steam. The uh, another uh, along the same lines, such as the fact that it took forever for this thing to be released, yeah. and it got to the point people were wondering if it was ever going to be released. Right. Now that said, you know, The Sims is probably the most uh, the most successful and highest grossing PC franchise of all time. So you know, EA didn't really care whether Spore was a success or failure. I think they just wanted him to put it out so people would shut up about it. I don't think that they really poured their hearts because they were making wheelbarrows full of money with The Sims, and they continue to make wheelbarrows full of money with The Sims. Well, I think they did care because they sank a lot of years and money into it. So I think that I'm sure they wanted it to be a success. And it, the funny thing about it is, is Spore, and it you know it has it reminds me. I played a little of Spore. 
And there are some similarities with today's game. I mean, in, in a weird kind of way. I mean, it's it's a similar sort sure. of an ideal, yeah. you mm-hmm. know. Um, so when the game came out, uh, it did sell a million units in its first month. That's pretty impressive. So I'd say they probably end up doing okay on it. Uh, Will Wright left in 2009, and Maxis uh, basically went on to you know become one of EA's big properties. Uh, and they, like you said, they've kind of rode the Sims almost exclusively ever since. Yeah, That's speaking, their of, speaking of you know LGR, uh, his you know his biggest videos are always his in-depth review of the Sims yeah, expansion right. packs. You're right. Uh, so. That takes us yeah, out the door with with Max. I thought it was worth looking at. Sure. They have a, very interesting I mean, they history. They have a colorful. They have a sort of a colorful history. Will Wright is a. I mean, you can't argue with the fact that he's a genius. Uh, and I mean, and this game right here will tell you how smart that team was. So, Sim Life. I'm trying to think of the best way to to kind of begin this. You do you want to talk on it for a while? How would you ex- explain what this was? Because it is a game. But it's certainly a simulator. It's more, and it's more simulator than game. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. So um, when you first launch Sim Life, you're greeted with what amounts to a, an additional um, desktop or workbench, yeah. if you were. That's never a good sign. At least in 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 my world. Um, whenever I leave, you know, the 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 excitement that is the desktop environment, and I'm immediately thrown into yet another desktop, desktop environment. Junior, yeah. with a lot more confusing icons. Yeah. Um, so what is you know, Sim Life is basically a uh, a sandbox game, much like most of the Sim titles, uh, where you are presented with a procedurally gen- generated planet. That has its own, you know, terraforming. Every time you play, it's different, um, and you are basically turned loose to do whatever you want. Um, you can uh, you can grow your flora and your fauna. You can raise and lower terrain. You can change the moisture level in the soil. You can you know do stuff with the weather. There are endless things that you can do in this game. Um, you know the game. When you read the back of the box, the game presents itself as you can make a lot of really insane creatures uh, by crossbreeding and evolution and adding appendages and things like that. And it gets you fired up because you're like, cool, man, making a rhinoceros that can fly. That sounds really fun. You know, I want to do that. Um, You know, I like SimCity. Maybe this this is like, you know, the next level. We had Sim, you know, Sim Earth. And this is this is the next thing. Sim life, you're controlling the entire ecosystem. Um, what this game amounts to, in principle, is that it is not really a game at all. Uh, there is no defined objective of what you're supposed to do. Um, in SimCity, you could make the same case. There's no predefined objective in SimCity other than make a city. However, making a city seems like it's a lot more fun than making an ecosystem. Well, they've got scenarios. There are scenarios. There are scenarios. The problem with the the main problem with Sim Life is that twofold. One, it ran very slowly even on computers of its day. Um, two, the animation is very very plain. Um, resolution had not caught up with the ideas of Will Wright, desktop resolution. Therefore, almost all of the activity on the screen on the planet itself is confined to, you know, sort of one-by-one sprites. 
Um, it, you know, you can make your flying rhinoceros, but it's just really going to look like a gray blob on the screen. You're not going to see it take flight and flying you around. You tweak, tweak what it looks like, the icon, I mean. You, you can, but the icon is still a one-by-one one sort of thing. It's not super. Yeah. Um, this game, um, you know, it does have some of the highest resolution crispest text that I've ever seen in an Amiga game. But I also read online that if you're playing this on original hardware, maybe you can speak to this, that uh, unless you have one of those special multi-sync monitors or something like that, you're going to get a lot of eye strain trying to read that that tiny text. Did you run into that playing it on the real 1200? I did try this on the 12 before I switched over to the emulator, and the reason I switched was strictly what you said, speed. Uh, I uh, This thing, even on my, uh, on my Amiga 1200, was not quick. And when just rendering the world takes a good while, mm -hmm. and... I uh, had I watched you know when I when I first started playing this game I literally I had no idea what I was doing I just sat there looking at the screen it's like good God and I found a tutorial online on, there's really not a lot of videos about this game either I mean if you look on YouTube it's sparse I mean it's it's not a game that's been well documented yeah now and, there is there is an in-game tutorial right. And, and which is what I use, mm -hmm. uh, but there was a guy that sort of. I mean, that's not good enough. This guy, there's a guy that actually sort of went through it mm -hmm. in a video, and I used him, and I knew right away when on the on the twelve hundred, I was like, man, this is I'm this is going to be uh, something I'm going to want to probably save a lot, so I don't screw up, and also I don't. It's just slow, so I went to Amiga Forever and cranked up the uh, processor to sixty eight. Oh, 60 mm -hmm. and that that made a world of difference yeah. when I did that. So yeah, but I mean, in terms of reading the text, I've got that S video out. It looked it looked okay, mm -hmm. but I didn't sit there and look for hours looking at it. I did end up using emulation on it. Yeah, um, this game is, uh, you know, if you are a student of ecology and you are real into like experimentation with um, you know, what would happen if I planted these types of plants and I put these types of animals mm -hmm. in there. Um, a big problem that I had was that once you do start doing all that stuff, the default time is so fast that like your guys are just sort of jumping around like fleas, you know, once you, once you, and, but you have to operate on that time scale or else you'd never get anything done because this game operates in a realistic time scale where things happen, you know, like plants just don't grow overnight. You have to give them time to grow. Yeah, and they, they provide you, I think it's like six different time. Uh, you, there's like super quick, and then there's like pretty quick, then there's quick, then there's standard, yeah. then there's slow. And, and yeah. see, you know, one of the big differences between, you know, an ecosystem and a city is that a city is built and grows on a time scale that is more familiar to us as humans. We've all mm -hmm. watched buildings go up. We all think that that's exciting. We've not all sat in front of an oak tree and watched it grow from an acorn into a fully grown tree. And uh, I think you know how exciting that might be should we do so. So uh, this game, for me, a total, you know, I respect what it's trying to do. I think that it has potential as a valuable education tool, um, maybe. Uh, but... It's not a game. This is this is possibly the least gamey game we've ever covered on Amigos. <clears throat> Your thoughts? Well, I, I clearly liked it more than you. Um, I will say that. Uh, I knew going in this was going to be heady stuff. I knew because I've played this. I played Sim Earth a lot. And I knew this. I'd heard this at a rep mm -hmm. for being a real toughie. And so once I sat down and I like to, I, I took the time to just watch a guy talk me through it. I'm going to link this guy, by the way. God bless him. 
And, and that helped me a lot to understand just what the menus were, to get, how to get to the menus. Mm -hmm. It's overwhelming at first, especially here we don't have a manual. So you're looking at this screen, it's just a row after row of, of icons, and it, you're just looking at it like, what in God's name am I looking at? Well, when you, when you take the time to understand what the icons are, they're actually, it's actually all makes sense. It really does. Uh, the lower bar, and that stuff's all movable. You've got your, you've got a, a table of animals, and you, and if you hit the P button, it becomes a table of plants. Mm -hmm. You click on them, and you can go plant, or you can go populate an area. Uh, you've got a area to the right of your screen that lets you manipulate the landscape. It lets you uh, add water points. It adds, it lets you monkey with temperatures, uh, moisture. Uh, just like Boat said, elevations that makes you add ro rocks, you know, uh, stuff like that to your landscape. And then you've got, um, when it gets real trippy, it's what you've got is, is making your own animals or manipulating how the animals in your world are going to survive. You're adjusting the, how long they live. You're adjusting uh, variables of how aggressive they are, what they eat. I mean, it's this is one of those games, in my opinion, that much like a Sim City in a lot of ways, there it's it's a game that's going to be only as good as the amount of effort you put into it. If you have the patience and and the understanding to sit down and really tweak everything, and so, because I mean, when this game comes up, it's it gives you variables as to how the Earth's going to be rendered, right? And once it once it renders it, I mean that which takes a while. You've got to look and say, okay, here is the best soil. Here is the place that has gets the most moisture. Here's the place uh, that has that has the most uh, p uh, potential for this sort of of plant. So when you just you don't just go out and crazily plant stuff. You can you can if you you can if you want. There's a there's a button that you can say I want a hundred giraffes or whatever and you hit the button and they're there or whatever wacky animal you've got or you've made or comes with it and same thing with trees but you can actually plant those things one at a time you can plant them in groves you can make your your lands look real neat you can make them look real orderly you can make them look, look real jungly so it's again it's the same thing it, it's all about how much time you want to spend on these little meticulous things uh, Bo didn't get into it, but there's also uh, mutations, there, and, and you can control uh, sort of a radioactive uh, um, it's area. Like a, yeah, you can, you, can, you can choose a space to place a radioactive icon that will cause your characters to mutate. You can, yeah, and you can monkey with their mutation levels. Uh, there's, when it comes to making your own creatures, you can start off with some, like they've got these sliders that let you make these uh, kind of crazy creatures. And then going forward, you God knows what kind of crazy creatures you can come up with, uh, and you can manipulate the land. I mean, it's not it's not uh, a full manipulation, but you can manipulate what's there quite a bit. You can change the soil type, you can change the elevation, you can add, you can put lakes and stuff in. I mean, if this is your bag, then this game has you covered. It's got every conceivable option. If you click on one of your animals and get the, ch there's a, 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 a page comes up. Well, I mean, I kid you not, there's probably 30 slider bars in there of things you can change about your, about your characters. I mean, well, I mean, about your animals. It's very intimidating. Uh, that's the, the downside of it. This is a game that is not for the faint of heart. Uh, having a, 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 a 
five or six days to tour around on it was not nearly enough for me. Now, what could I do? I could populate a land that sustained animals. I monkeyed a little bit with mutations just to see what would happen. Uh, I had, uh, uh, and also there are other things, much like in a Sim City, you can you can bring down disasters, plagues, uh, uh, po- you know, your animals you can poison stuff just to see what happens. You know, some of the scenarios, different things happen. I mostly, I stayed on mostly in the on the open sandbox and on the tutorial, trying to learn because I didn't think I was advanced enough to go into the right into the, the scenarios. Um, but I actually. I saw a lot of merit in it, and it was amazing to me that they could... I have to say the icon system works well. The pull-out menus work well. The limitations of the Amiga itself in terms of the resolution, I wish you could see more of the map. You're often switching between two big maps, a world map and more of a localized square. And again, all of this stuff takes place within nested windows. It's a very very PC... Well, Amiga... It's a very GUI-centered thing where you've got windows and you're opening and closing windows that pop open. It's, I mean, it's the most efficient way that you can probably do this, but it really makes you, again, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like I'm playing a game. It feels like, I'm, you know, I'm doing well, something that's worth. It's one of those games where you're, it's a series of menus. Let's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's all like uh, Tom Landry football. You're going to see... A series of menus. It's unlike Tom Landry. After you finish the menus, there's a payoff with graphically, and this mm-hmm. is not really a payoff graphically. The graphics on this are super simplistic. Again, it's a simulation, so you don't expect mega graphics. But even the original SimCity, the very first SimCity, when when you put those residential things down and you see those first houses pop up, they look nice. They look good because you're so zoomed out in and in, in this in this game. Um, you know, they really couldn't render the resolution necessary, and if they did zoom you in that far, it would look pretty, but it would be useless to you as a as a player. Well, I think the scope of this is so much larger than sure, City absolutely. That it makes it a little more difficult. Uh, the sound effects are nutty. That I don't necessarily think they fit. So yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't research. So is the ooh la la that is that when characters mate that they make that? I sound? I think so. Um, and y'all, the, yeah, and then there's another sound when they birth, but uh, it goes. Ugh. It sounds. You know what it sounds like? What? Freaking top banana. Well, it's, it does. Uh, yeah, it uh. does. That, I don't like the sound effects. You could think well, you could turn them off or down, which is no problem. One thing I'd like to say is that this game, like I said, for me the biggest hassle aside from just the learning curve was the size of the map. Now, there's a high-res uh, version, apparently, and then what I would like to see, actually, I don't know, maybe they've done this by now, I don't know, but this would be, fit quite nicely on a modern PC with a, with maybe even two screens mm-hmm. set up to where you could have all these menus opened up and plucked out real nicely, because I think the interface works pretty well. Mm-hmm. I think this game, if it hasn't done it already, if they ever decide to, and you, this is not a game you're going to play on a phone, but I mean, on a, on a on a modern computer uh, with all the accoutrement, you'd probably have something that would be a lot more fun. Yeah. This game is sort of hamstrung by the limitations of the year it was released. You know, the PC version I looked at's pretty similar. You know, I mean, they're real similar actually. Uh, so it's not like that. It was gangbusters on there either. I mean, I'm not going to pan this. That's for sure. Because the amount of effort that went into this, the amount of brilliance involved, is unbelievable. And it's a game for people that like to uh, to control everything. You know, there are people that really like that sort of thing, and so and and good for them. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. It's just I 
uh, it's a lot to keep control of. Now, unlike a lot of these sim games, it, I don't feel like uh, Lucille Ball at the at the uh, pie factory where it's just step you know, like I'm missing doing this and stuff. You sort of are they're, they're not killing you to get stuff done. I mean, you can just sort of go mess around. You know, I'm sure some of the scenarios have different angles on it, but the the way I played it was just you could sit down and, and put stuff down, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a big petri dish. And, so you know, so I I, I kind of dug that. Out I'll tell it. you what would have made this game infinitely better. All right, is if you ditch the tutorial in the way that it's written and you rewrite the tutorial in a way that gives you easily attainable goals that teach you along the way and when you meet the goal you get a little reward. So for example at the beginning you block out you gray out everything you don't need and only illuminate the icons that you do need and then say plant 10 plants and then as soon as you do that congratulations you did the first thing all right i feel like i've made progress in this thing the next thing do something with this animal you only have one choice it's okay you're just getting used to the interface build it up slowly over time don't put everything out there at once you didn't think the tutorial was satisfactory in the current in its current stakes i thought they did a pretty good job it was it was but again i had help it was it was okay but they, it could have been better, and it could have been more engaging and kept me playing it longer. Well, you can, by the way. You can turn off stuff if you don't want it to show up on the map. You can turn it off at the bottom. That's not what I'm talking about. But though. I know what I'm, you mean. I know what, you, I know what you're saying. It's not, it's not, there aren't little steps. Yeah. Mostly, the tutorial, as far as I could tell, was just basically showing you where all the icons yeah, were. Yeah, that's exactly what uh, it is. They did. didn't necessarily give you a lot of insight on what to do. Yeah, they're just like, plant some stuff. Make your initials with seeds. And, I was like, yeah, that's, that's useful. And I'm hesitant to say this, and I hope no one looks at me poorly for it, but because I still feel like I've gotten uh, an deeply enough into this game to, to would say stuff that I don't want to look like a jerk. The, uh, uh, the, the, what I wonder is, aside from just the experimentation, the game aspect of it, like you said, it, does, it doesn't it seem to be very much like a game. Like you said, you plant this amount of trees and you get some... That, that, even with the scenarios, it doesn't seem like that's the way this works. Uh, again, I'm not a huge sim guy, and maybe there's they all work sort of on that line. But I, it would be kind of fun to have uh, uh, some stopping points or breaks to say, okay, you've advanced to this, or you've done yeah. that. Sort of like Civilization's got where you or like, even in SimCity, when you reach a certain population, like SimCity, okay, at the very beginning of the game, you've got your money up there and you've got your population. And you're like, how do I take this money and do something with it to make my population go up? Yeah. Your goal is readily apparent. In this game, who knows? Well, I know, you know, for, I mean, the funny thing about this game that's different, like, for example, at the beginning, if you want to put down uh, a million fire, a million beetles down, mm-hmm. it'll say, okay, y- your land can support 470 beetles. Mm-hmm. 470. Your place is packed. Right. I mean, so it's not like you're building up the population. You now have all the continents full of these beetles. Yeah. That's what you want. You know, I want humpback whales all over the oceans. Bam, 400 humpback yeah, and whales. And so, again, it's a simulation. It's, it's, you know, what do I do if I do this? It's, it's something that's great for a laboratory. It's less great for somebody that's looking for something fun to do. It would be fun to, if you really were very good at the interface, to just to, to put a bunch of stuff together, maybe throw some radiation in there, and then hit the timer and see what develops. That would be cool. Uh, again, in, in a newer version of this, it would be neat to at least have a view where you could actually kind of go down and look and see what was oh, happening. Oh, yeah, and that would mean, I mean, just, just the ability to do that, just to see what you're making at the very macroest level uh, would go a long way. No, 
I think I want to go the other way with that. Macro was micro. wide. Micro. There we go. Uh, you know, to see what you're doing at that level and then zoom, zoom, zoom. You know, you're you're firing up that mouse wheel going back, back, back till you see the planet. That's that's pretty awesome. Stop me if I'm wrong, but one of the gimmicks in SimCopter was that where you could take and drive the copter down into your made city. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was a disaster, yeah, if I recall. Yeah. So I would say with that. So we weren't ready for SimCopter. Yeah. So uh now this game, despite our opinions on it, uh was very, was actually quite popular. Uh, and it Let me won- guess, it was an eight on lemon. Well, no, I'm talking about it won the 1993 Cody uh, for the best simulation, which, you know, okay. hey, won- I, I would give it best simulation. It won, it won, a, it won a Cody, man. You know, you know it's good. Um, in terms of... Uh, they also offered an expansion pack, but I did not see that it came out on the Amiga. I didn't see it anywhere. So, on the, I think on the PC it came out. It was called the Unnatural Selection Pack, but I didn't see it come out on the Amiga. So, if it did, I apologize. I couldn't find it anywhere. Uh, so, Lemon gives this a 7.2. Eh, you know. Um, Amiga F- Action gave it a 76. Uh, Amiga Format gave it an 86. Computers Plus Video Games, 86. CU Amiga, 85. And the one, a 74. Okay. So you're looking at a high C, low low B. I agree with all of those reviews. This one's, uh, of course, I would never try to review this. But I can just say my personal opinion. uh, This is a game that's hard, would be hard to review because it would, I guess if you review it on the basis of its fun factor or how much your average person would enjoy it, I would say you're going to be hitting lower scores. If if but if you're going to review it on its technical merit, its ability to simulate a world that does what it says on the tin, it's sim life. It lets you simulate life on a simulated planet any way you want. If that is your grading criteria, A plus. Well, I think you you grade on multiple criteria. Right. Well, I'm just saying that. So I mean, if if you have the time. To sink into this, you can and you can get past the interface. Uh, you should problem. really get into ham radio instead. No, It'll be much just, more worth your time. Call Ravi. Um, so I looked this up on EJ on EJ. Oh man, I love it's EJ. It's the new one. It's the new eBay. <laughs> I looked it up on eBay, and there are no current Amiga offerings for Sim Life. Uh, really? It, right. I thought that there. I thought that this game would have sold just by the very nature of it being a sim title would have sold enough to support constant yeah. eBay sales. Um, in the UK, I found copies that have sold recently for between eleven and thirteen bucks, and I found one in Australia that just sold for eleven dollars. So, US. So there, if you find one, they're not expensive. You can see where a game like this probably wouldn't have a lot of resale value, just given the fact that. Uh, it's probably a limited audience. And it does run so slow on actual hardware. I will say, on the 6860, it hauled. And if, if, you've, got, if you've got... I mean, it's playable on, on, the, on, a, on a 1200 stock. But if it's me, I'm going to play it on something with a little more beef. Mm-hmm. Once you get past the initial building phase, it's not that bad. I found the... Like I said, I was surprised. I found the interface pretty pleasant, except for the lack of space for the... Maps. I wish I had yeah. to have a bigger viewed map, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm sure there are probably, if, depending on what you're running your resolution of of your Amiga, you may be able to stretch this thing from here to Doomsday if you've got some kind of a, you know special outputs or whatever. It may be great for you, uh, but for someone like me, I'd probably just probably play it on the PC. I do remember playing this on the Amiga and the PC back in the day, and I remember there was just uh, it seemed like there were four million Sim games that came out. And I just never really got into hardly any of them. I played Sim Earth on the PC, and I played Sim City a little bit, but it was none of them were my bag. This actually, of all the Sim games I played, I could probably get into this one more than most, just for the sheer kicks of it. But you know, 
this is one of those your mileage may vary depending on your interest level. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Um, say that I've been listening to Amigos for a while. All right. And I want to I want to do something to help the guys out. All right. Here's this week's spread the Amigos love tip. All right. We've been giving these out. We've been giving these out nonstop. All right. Okay, chances are that you're part of some sort of online community if you are an Amiga fan. Uh, unless you happen to live in uh, what we call the uh, uh, Amiga golden town of England, where everybody has Amigas. Everybody's using Amigas constantly. So you call your, England the golden town. Your, your, your postman is using an Amiga as he's driving around town. Everybody just Amiga all the time. Uh-huh. Unless you're part of that society, you're probably part of an online community to, I want to, move to, there. to, to support your, uh, your Amiga habit and to talk to like-minded folk. Um, it would really help us a lot if you could uh, copy and paste the link to this episode on, um, on EAB or whatever forum you're part of and just say, hey, if you haven't heard of these guys, check them out. Word of mouth is the biggest, uh, our biggest driver. You know, we don't, we don't take out a lot of ads on primetime TV. You probably won't see us interspersed with all the political ads that you see on YouTube every other video that you watch these days. Uh, you know, we really depend on you, the listener, to uh, to help uh, discoverability and help other people find out about our show. Uh, and we're always looking to grow the Amigos community. Um, it's a, a bunch of fine folks we've got here. So uh, that is this week's tip of, uh, of, I don't know. I guess last week's was post reviews on iTunes. That's right. right? So That's right. new tip. It's the new just tip. Just go randomly to... And just, <laughs> <laughs> Just go get some spray paint. Perhaps you have some sandwich Everything boards that you could write the Amigos URL on sandwich and wear board. them around if you, like if the you, end is not. If you have a picture of yourself on a sandwich board walking to a busy intersection or city, we will send you a magnet and a postcard right? instantly. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll send it first class right to your door. Um, of course, you can also uh, support the show on Patreon. Um We've got a Discord channel that is always fired up and ready for action. Lots of good discussion going on in the Discord. Full of geniuses. Yeah. And me and both. <laughs> um, and um, you can also help pick the games. This week's game was chosen by the Amigos Game Selection Committee, which is a group of Patreon supporters that uh, get together and choose the game we play each and every week. Uh, and finally, you, of course, you get your name on the Amigos Staff and Supporters t-shirt and your name in the Patreon song. Uh, speaking of that Patreon song, Aaron, I'm sad to report that our first ever duet received no correct responses. And the funny thing is, despite the fact that I performed it with you, I don't remember what we did. <laughs> so last week's song, and of course this just might be the uh, the the author of this tune is not big in the in our market, is uh, Margaritaville. Oh yeah, by Jimmy Buffett. I guess Jimmy Buffett, completely unknown. Is that outside really? is that of true? the United States. Well, he, he sort of promotes a lifestyle that is foreign to many. What's that, kicking back and drinking booze? Nobody does that except for Americans. Man, so you guys are missing out. In fact, yeah. They were too busy driving around their post office vehicles using their Amigas. So, Man. Um, I wouldn't drive my vehicle with an Amiga 600. I you do that. have an officially licensed Kentucky State Police vehicle that you drive around, right? With an Amiga stuck in the glow compartment. <sighs> no, I don't have that. <laughs> um, so this week, I'm going to try and encircle the wagons, bringing it back over. Hopefully, you'll know this one. All right. Um, if you do know the answer, you can um, send, us, send me an email, john at amigospodcast.com. And uh, we will announce you as a winner uh, in next week's episode. So here we go. 
Kyle Edder, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nibs, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Sean Zo, Darren Lowe, Max Colin 419, Bart Bitt. Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan Rossley, Kilan, Alan Kabobchikoti, Leverlord, John Matthew, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CT, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sogard Mortensen, Edwin Holland, Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Folds, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Bebke, Brent Dowdy, Lane Dinsim, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Alan Kebab, Anthony Jarvis, Tips from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humberstadt, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warren's Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. I don't know what the hell that was. I have no idea. It's like you had a musical fit. <laughs> That's, yeah. that's 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 my stage name. That's your stage name, Musical Fit? <laughs> you might want to take the musical part out of that. And the fit part, come to think of it. Musically unfit, I think would be a more ap- <laughs> apropos name for you, Bo. You're probably right. Holy smokes. <laughs> I thought I got to cover you in a blanket if you were going there. Well, Aaron, next week on Amigos, dun, 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 dun. we go from the sublime to the ridiculous. Oh, boy. We're going to cover a uh, a game that I don't know anything about. I have a feel. I think it's some kind of an adventure game. Uh huh. Dreamweb. Oh, now this I've I've heard of, and I think it seems to me I've played this one. So uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I hear. I do recall it being way out there, wacky, if you will. Absolutely. We do want to thank all of the fine folks in the chat. We do record Amigos every Friday night at five thirty, except when we don't, we like were, tonight. We, no, we were close today. We're what? well. It's Thursday. Oh yeah. Um, but other than that, we were Damn, right on tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Son of a gun! Uh, you can hang out in the chat with a crazy crowd like Hasifa, Pixels at Dawn, Retro Ravi, Edvin Helen, Duncan Styles, uh, Walking the Cow. Just a lot of fine folks. Like and retro of course, Man Cave. Yeah, retro Man Cave. Bombast. Yun him. I mean, that isn't Bombast. That's the one heck right of a last name. Yeah, yeah. So um, anyway. Try and join us live if you can. If you can't, we're coming for you. That's right. We'll see you next week, guys. Until then, adios. adios. Did you? I hated it. What? Why? Because I'm a. Gra- it's so deep. I'm a graphics guy. You are. And you know, look at the look at the screen right now. Look at the screen. I see it. There's nothing about that that's appealing. That is top banana level graphics Wait, right there. Listen, you, you remember the other day you were like, you called me a graphics snob. No, I, I don't remember that. You did. You called me a graphics snob. Now look at you. You. <laughs> you are a graphics snob. It's not about the growth. It's a simulation. Simulation. For God's sakes, this isn't Golden Axe. You're making life, man. <laughs> That's true. You're not taking it. You're no, making you're it. You're making Ooh life. La la. Ex- well, okay. I can't. I can't do anything <laughs> about that.